You've been listening to a Doug and Daddy podcast brought to you by Cunningham's Journal. Cunningham's Journal, the only bar you need to know in Carnegie. Oh, darling, I feel like amazing. Don't make me do that again. Game over! The hundreds of just a like on Facebook or a comment or my phone's been blowing up, which is great. I appreciate it all. And I'm going to Minden to see some great basketball. That's because you're Doug Duda. This is Central Nebraska's most listened to all sports radio station. I'm getting the tuna sandwich with lots of lettuce on it today. (laughs) You like the tuna sandwich. Oh, yeah. I'll never have to fight you for that. Nope, that'll be mine. I will never have to fight you. That's my favorite. That's my go-to sandwich. Your flavor is? Yes. All of them? Yes. A little spicier, the better. Because if I'm going to bite into something, I want it to kick back. So... You know, mild, eh, medium, eh, hot, yes. Yeah. As much as I hate to get away from the award-winning last five minutes yeah, that we yeah. got on this yeah. show, you're listening to ESPN Tri-Cities, 1460 and 1550 AM, and now 92.1 and 92.7 FM. You know, when you have this many papers, Jimmy, I don't know what happens to them all. I don't know where they go. They just mysteriously disappear. But all these piles here went down. And not far enough. I'm going to do some cleaning on my side because I've got dates here that say uh, Texas San Antonio football. Now, coming to you live from the Midway Auto Dealership broadcast booth. Need a vehicle? Think Midway.com. Yeah, I try to do toaster. Sometimes I just don't have time to put in the toaster. Been a lively little show so far. Um, certainly been worth everything I paid to listen to it. It's time for the Doug and Daddy Show. Just like the mailman, the Doug and Daddy show trudges through as the snow is falling throughout Nebraska. Doug, due to Jim Langan with you, it is National Championship Monday, and some folks will get a head start on that because they are at home today, whether they're from a school or a government office or whatever the case may be, a little time off today getting ready for Michigan and Washington in tonight's National Championship. We're going to talk with Brian Munson of On3. The Huskers do get a nice running back commit uh, that had been at Oregon last year in uh, Dante Dowdle, so we'll talk about that. Also, Stu Pospisil is going to join us. we got a lot of things. We're in the first of the year. It's the first high school basketball rankings of the year of 2024. Jimmy, he even mentions it. Uh, the top nine teams in Class A are all in the Metro, which you, you take a look at which teams outside of Kearney and Lincoln or outside of Omaha and Lincoln, I think – Kearney is the only, North Platte's not going to, Norfolk's not going to, Columbus is not going to, Grand Island's not going to, on a consistent basis. I think Kearney might be the only team that could consistently compete with these teams, which they have already done on a couple of occasions. Uh, Omaha Westside's number three, and that was a five-point game or something like that after they fell behind big. But once they got beat in the conference tournament uh, by Lincoln Southeast, who is number 10, that knocks them out of the rankings. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, one thing, you know, Carney, I mean, and then and they got a nice piece. I mean, they had a surprise piece that came in in November to help this team out. But you're right, they're probably the only team that's really going to be able to compete. 
at that level. And when they're on, they're pretty good on offense, Doug. So, you know, if they can get things done at the defensive end of the side of the bowl, they have a chance to compete and maybe get to the state tournament. So we'll see how things play out. We'll talk with Stu about that. Also today, they're having the services. Not a great day for that, but Brad Feek and the Gretna coach will be laid to rest today, and they'll be remembering him. We'll get a couple comments from Stu about that as well. But on this Monday where you have the cross over the end of the NFL season into the playoffs, some coaches, there are five openings currently. Nothing updated out of uh, New England, uh, at least at this moment that we've seen. But this, uh, Jimmy, was a weird, weird day, I guess. I've been looking to see if Vegas took it in the chops yesterday because a couple of pools that we are in, that last week usually you don't even know because you don't know who's going to play, how things are going to play out. But there sure seemed to be a lot of public uh, winning this weekend. Yeah, well, the Cowboys win by a a big amount, and they needed to win. Um, So they were going to play everybody that they could. The Steelers needed to win, and they played a team that didn't need to win. You know, the Rams win and probably got a team that just rested everybody. You know, so there were some games out there that seemed uh, very obvious. Uh, You know, the Detroit Lions were needed to kind of win, to put some pressure on the other teams to make sure that they kept the win. And so all the teams that kind of needed to win, Doug, Kind of won. Buffalo, you know, on the road against Miami. I mean, there were some teams that, you know, for just what they needed to get done, they they, they seemed like they all did it. Did you, did you feel the same way about that? And then the the Raiders were at home. They're playing the the uh, Broncos, and they wanted to win. They're the home team. Home teams win, seems to win quite often. And they're playing a team that switched quarterbacks with two games to go. And Denver did not win a game in the last two weeks. Or, I mean, did not win last week. Um against the the Raiders. So that game didn't surprise me at all, and the public was all over the Raiders. That thing started out at 2, went all the way up to 3, and it was like 82-18 public money. Because I figured the Bills would be the biggest public, but they had to be up there, didn't they? They were up there at 70. There was, like you said, there were a lot of games that were like 78 22 76-24. Uh, that's a lot of money when you're uh, the, the 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 Cowboys were heavy. It I don't even. It was at thirteen and a half. I think with game time, and I don't know if it went up any more than that at all. It could have. I was kind of looking because the Steelers were actually a favorite on Saturday. They covered. The Texans covered. There were more late games yesterday than early, but most of the early teams uh, covered the spread yesterday, and then uh, there were some underdogs in the late games that kind of came through there but I was trying to find out who really was a favorite that didn't come through and you know who it was our favorite team the most disappointing team in the National Football League this year no 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 although that's right you are correct who was it the Chargers oh yeah the Chiefs played nobody the Chargers were at home. The Jacksonville Jaguars at least were at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like the Titans, and not only did they cover, they won the game, but uh, the Chargers were really the only one that I saw and that, that didn't come through, that did not come through. 49ers didn't come through against the Rams, but they weren't playing everybody. Uh, the Rams had a nice comeback there to, to win that game. I will say this. I, I'm going to stick up for the Jacksonville quarterback. He was hurt, yeah. and he was been hurt for – for four or five weeks, and he played. I mean, we saw him limp off that field. I mean, he looked like uh, five weeks ago on a Sunday or Monday night. He was completely brilliant. And, I mean, he just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to go out there, and I don't know what number I'm at, but I'm 60% or 40% or whatever he is. But when you play and you lose, people still get upset with you. 
You know what I mean? Oh, come on. The only difference between Jacksonville and Philadelphia is Philadelphia stacked a couple of wins early on. They both uh, are in really bad shape here. And Tampa Bay, they're not not doing anything the last couple, three weeks. Two out of the last three weeks, they didn't even get to 10 points, did they, or 12 points? They win yesterday 9 to nothing in a must-win game. I mean, the last two weeks, like I said, they were all hyping up Baker Mayfield two weeks ago, and not that he hasn't done okay. I'm not anti-Baker. I actually like Baker Mayfield, uh, and I hope he does well, but I haven't done anything. I mean, that that Eagles-Tampa Bay game next Monday night, bleh, potentially. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if either one. I really like, right now, I really like your Cowboys. I know that's your favorite team, but I really like the way they're playing in San Francisco. Um, getting a lot, but they're going to get to do, and, and they might be really good too. I mean, right now, I mean, but th- there's not anybody on that side of it that looked like they did. Like Baltimore looked really good until I mean yesterday, but they 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 yeah. said a lot of people, but they gave a good effort against the Steelers. But the weather was bad, and they only had seven points going into the <clears throat> last 15 seconds of the game. You know, so. And remind folks, because we talk a lot about how I grew up loving the Dallas Cowboys and still do today. Remind folks who your favorite team is? Well, it used to be the Chicago Bears. Yeah, but who is it really? The Kansas City Chiefs. But and who the is it really? Oh, whoever I have my $11 <laughs> Yeah, whoever had my $11 on is my favorite team. Yeah, I don't have a – yeah, I grew up liking Gail Sayers because he was from Omaha. Yeah. You know, but um, – and, and then I like the Chiefs and the Broncos just because I maybe get in a car and go to a game. But, yeah, I really like whoever had my $11 on. I can be a huge fan. And not only that, if I have your $11 on somebody and they'll, my left guard – has a false start. He's I'm all over him. We are going to uh, get to everything from the high school, Nebraska girls basketball showcase. Coach Shot Sydney gets his 300th win, and what a win! To remember, sometimes you just beat a conference foe that has two wins. No, they knock off and break Lincoln Christian's winning streak. So congratulations in the girls showcase. We'll get to more of that. The Lopers, Broncos, Huskers, the men play number one Purdue tomorrow. Storm. When's the last time you saw a 10-9 hockey game, Jimmy? No way. 10-9. Holy moly! Up 10-9. But before we go to our first break and then get into Brian Munson and Stu Pospisil, we have pulled out our preseason NFL selections. Oh, man, this is going to be a bad So what, Not so good for you? Well, I, I, you know what? I feel okay. There's 14 teams that made the playoffs. I have four in each division. And I know we drastically whiffed on probably the same couple, I know. But let's take a look at the AFC. I had Buffalo to win the East and Miami to be a wild card. And there they are. I have no Miami Dolphin on the sheet. And I have the Bills as the number one seed overall, uh, you know, and they did not do that. Then in the North, I have the Ravens to win it, which they did, and Cincinnati to uh, be a wild card, but they're not. I had the Ravens, and I also I had the Bengals and the Steelers to be wild cards. So I got one right. The Steelers are uh, would pay a little you know? bit of money, you know, to get in them in the playoffs. Okay. In the AFC South, I mean, that's great that Houston won it. Everybody was on Jacksonville. I had Jacksonville with no wild card in the South. I had the Jacksonville, and I had the Titans as a seven seed. And then in the West, Kansas City to win it. And I'm going to get off the Chargers, but that was my other wild card. So I missed two of the three wild cards, and I had three of the four division winners correct. I had four teams total. I had the Chiefs as the two seed overall, uh, the Bills the one seed, uh, the Ravens the four seed, and I had the Jaguars as the three. So I didn't do very good at all. I mean, if really be honest with you, the Chiefs being the two, a lot of people had the Bills and Chiefs being two, but they could be in there. I mean, but uh, – 
Yeah, so I only had four of the uh, seven. And how many? You had five of the seven? Four of the seven. Uh, okay. Because I had Cincinnati was no, Jacksonville was no, and Chargers were no. In the final four, I had Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. So three of the four still alive. And I had Baltimore beating Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I had um, the Bills beating the Chiefs. Uh, in the final, so I had the Bills going to the Super Bowl. We'll run down the NFC. I had Dallas uh, to win the NFC East with the Eagles as a wild card, which went against the grain, and hey, I was right there. What about you? I had Cowboys and Eagles, <clears throat> excuse me, two and five seeds, and I said, I didn't know for sure who they are going to be, but I just wrote them down. One's going to be the two, and one's going to be the five, and that was pretty close. I right. had Minnesota to win the North. You know, I didn't take Detroit. It was one of those where I kind of call it the Cleveland. You can pick a team. Where you're, oh, this is Cleveland's year. I didn't take Detroit. I had Minnesota to win it, but I did have the Packers as a wild card. I'm really, I'm really impressed with how well I did in the NFC. I had Detroit as the three seed, San Francisco as the one. Uh, so that's pretty impressive there. And then I have Tampa Bay in as a seven seed. Um, I had um, New Orleans and the Vikings making it, and they did not get in. Yeah, I had the Saints win in the South, no wild card in the West. I had the 49ers uh, winning it, and then I picked the Seahawks as a wild card, and they were close to getting the wild card, but uh, they lost, and then it didn't matter after uh, after the Packers won. So I had Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the Saints as the Final Four. So I got three of the Final Four there, and then I had Dallas over San Francisco uh, and Dallas and Baltimore in the Super Bowl. What did you have? Well, I had um, Dallas winning, and I had San Francisco. I had Detroit winning, and I had the Eagles winning. And mm-hmm. then in the finals, I had the Cowboys and the 49ers, and I had the 49ers winning, and the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. I have Dallas over Baltimore. In the Super Bowl? And you got the 49ers over the Bills, right? Yeah, so maybe one of the one of those four ought to maybe be there. We're not doing too bad. No, we, we weren't, we're not ridiculous, and we're not just taking wild guesses. i got to bring this up. Well, I was at Ravana. You were there the other day, and Mark Techmark came down and he goes hey he says i don't know if you knew this but i'm that guy that won the bull bonanza hey yeah so mark techbar from rockville who listens doug he's a um he didn't say he was a fan of our show he said he was a fan of you (laughs) yeah so you're looking right at me i mean you could just lie a little bit But Mark Hickman, man, I really like that Doug dude. He's really good. And I'm going, now hold on, I'm standing right here. I'm right well, I'm right here. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Appreciate it, Rockville. But not only that, the damn bar. And, and then not only that, I think he's got Michigan to win. What a great so town. He could win by like three games. We'll take he, a break Mark here on Tech the Show. Good job. I'm glad to see. Good job. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's going to get the uh, recliner from our friends at Husker Sit and Sleep. And we're going to talk with Brian Munson next. The year was 1979. Rocky Balboa was champ. Rocky Geyser was embarking on a real estate career. Balboa's next fight was Clutter Lane. Rocky Geyser's was 20% interest rates. Through all of his battles, inflation, recession, regulations, Rocky Geyser has always answered the bell. For 40 years, I've been in the ring with my clients sweating the details. Call Rocky Geyser of REMAX Executives today or log on to OneRocky.com. Put Rocky in your corner. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back into the game of life. With several locations in Kearney and surrounding areas. Ask your doctor how Family Physical Therapy can improve your quality of life. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, excellence in rehabilitation, is a very proud supporter of all of our area athletes, in and out of the game. Locations serving Kearney, Lexington, 
Minden, Ravana, and Wood River. Today's weather is brought to you by Farm Bureau agents Matt Myers and Rich Peters. When it comes to protecting your family, home, cars, and farm or ranch, you can count on your local agents to help you get the coverage you need. Contact Matt Myers and Rich Peters in Kearney today. Securities and services offered through FBO Marketing Services, LLC, affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. It's been years since you graduated, but your college team is yours for life. You can also have a Farm Bureau agent for life, and auto, and home, and business insurance. Imagine that. One agent for everything. It's that simple. So get a Farm Bureau agent for life. In Kearney, call Rich Peters and Matt Myers at Farm Bureau Financial Services, 308-234-4922. Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company. Securities and services offered through FBL Marketing Services, LLC, affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. Take a Daddy Show here on ESPN Tri-Cities. Glad to have you along with us as we get ready for our chat here with Brian Munson of On3. Got a couple of things that happened with the Big Red over the weekend. And uh, Brian, glad to have you with us here on the Doug and Daddy Show. Happy New Year, man. Hey, Happy New Year to you, man. What's going on in the South? It's snowing like the, you know, right here. <laughs> well, I haven't heard that from, the, from my son yet, that you guys were getting that kind of weather, but we're supposedly in for a little bit of a wintry mix on Thursday. Um, it, it got chilly down here and a little bit, a little bit of rain today, but nothing cold enough to, to produce flakes, but they're talking about maybe dipping down into the high twenties, low, lower thirties, uh, on Thursday to where we might get some, get some mix before that, that three day weekend that we got coming up. Let's jump right into it here. Portal news, uh, Nebraska wide receiver running back. We're going to talk about Dana Holgerson, uh, but let's talk about what happened with the big red and uh, some portal commits over the weekend. Yep. I'll let you start. Okay. Let me start. Then I'll take it from here. So, uh, Nebraska had really been looking for, you know, uh, I would say a number one wide receiver. They, they hosted Julian Fleming back there in middle December, who came in a day after Kyle McCord was there. And, you know, McCord ends up going to Syracuse. Julian Fleming this last week announced that he was going to go to Penn State. And Nebraska brought in a pair of other portal guys, bigger guys, you know, both from 6'3", around 200 pounds. First one was Isaiah Nayer out of uh, University of Texas, originally out of Arlington uh, Lamar High School. And then Jamal Banks from Arlington, Virginia, uh, St. Francis Academy, who was at Fort, uh, was at Wake Forest. Um, Mayer committed in Nebraska on, let me see, it was uh, the 5th, earlier this week, so it had been like, what, uh, Friday actually night, on Friday. Yeah. yeah, and then and then Jamal Banks is still hanging out there after taking his visit, uh, which started on Thursday. I think he wrapped up on either Saturday or Sunday. And based on, you know, some things that he has shared with me over just some chat messaging, sounds like he's, you know, really interested in what Nebraska has to offer. Dylan Rayola was involved with both of those guys. So Dylan is up there. People saw him at, like, basketball games, wrestling meets. Looks like he was on kind of, you know, talking about going to the to the women's basketball game either, either tonight or later this week that they wanted to pack it in. Um, you know, he's been, he's been very critical, I think, to getting Mayor and, and, and probably giving Brooks a better readout about where they are offensively, the, the need that is there, et cetera, you know, because like it's, it's a young room. It's a talented room. I mean, I think everybody would, would agree that Malachi Coleman is, 
is a very talented individual. Individual, I, I would say Jaden Goss is a guy that, had he not gotten hurt before the season even started, we would have we would have seen a, a bigger role for him, you know, in that offense. And then Jalen Lloyd, I mean, heck, I mean that guy didn't have any Division One offers, you know, when when Matt Rule threw it down for him. So that that's a very interesting room with a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism, a lot of potential, but they don't have a lot of players that are out there that can give guidance, that can kind of take the pressure off of them, that can go out there and perform, um, you know, and have some consistency, kind of a proven commodity. And, and I think that Banks uh, is definitely that dude. And I think Naylor just kind of, you know, from when he left, went, went from Wyoming to Texas, you know, he suffered that, that knee injury. He then struggled in Austin, I think, only played in one game over two seasons. Uh, and just kind of became, you know, this kind of um, casualty, so to speak, on the roster just because of, like, the changes that have happened, COVID, you know, Sarkinson coming up, Sark coming in, you know, all that good stuff. But then, you know, Nebraska hosts then two more guys on Friday. They bring in Dante Dowdle, the four-star running back out of high school from uh, from Mississippi that, that's transferring out of Oregon, and they bring in Syracuse linebacker Stephon Thompson, who's originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Dowdle um, was the first guy to kind of post some pictures and give some glimpses of what it's like to be like a portal transfer guy, and he's the one that also demonstrated showed that he has been, you know, in contact with Dylan Rayola while he was on his visit. Um, he committed to Nebraska as well on on Saturday, um, and I think that that's really, you know, kind of filling that that spot that Nebraska all of a sudden kind of had had in the in the 2024 class when Kiwan Lacey walked away. When Kiwan Lacey walked away, they, they lost this immediate impact kind of guy, a, a 10-6 running back, you know, coming out coming out of coming out of Texas and, and really kind of a, a college ready kind of running back. And then you had uh, Stephon Thompson, who knows Tony White from Syracuse, had a brilliant freshman uh, season underneath Tony White blows out his knee the next season, um, and then comes back and, and sees time in all, all 12 games last season, but only started one of them. And his stats really weren't, you know, comparative to, like, what he did as a true freshman. So it looks like he's looking for kind of a fresh start. We should hear something about, I would say, Thompson, the linebacker, and Jamal Banks, the wide receiver from Lake Forest. I would say here in the next day or two, that we should understand, like, where they're going to go. I, I think Nebraska is clearly the leader for Banks. I think Thompson is struggling with his decision a little bit more just because of where he's at geographically in North Carolina. He's got some interest from Florida State. Um, I, I think that that's kind of pulling at him a little bit to stay closer to home, um, be in the ACC a little bit more so he, so people out there uh, in his you know area where he's from can kind of catch him you know for a, for a game a little bit more easily than a Big Ten game. So, uh, like I said, next day or two, we should probably know about both those guys. You know, everybody has their identity a little bit. Like Air Force, Army, and Navy, they have an identity that they are going to run the ball. They're probably not going to get penalized very much. They're that type of a team. I will over 15 years have proven right now under this coaching staff that they're going to play really good defense. They're not going to beat themselves. 
that their offense is going to be very, very vanilla. Nebraska had one bad year. We were 125th out of 130 schools in the NCAA, but we have a new coach. And I don't think our identity is going to be that. I think Rule, by getting Riola, getting some players, he's going to be able to get some wide receivers, some tight ends that enjoy going someplace where they're going to throw the ball. Because wide receivers want to go to USC and Oklahoma, Oregon, Washington, where they're going to throw it forever. Every down might be a pass play. Your thoughts on that statement? Um, yeah, I, I think the identity of Nebraska football is still developing. Okay. I think that you, I think that you have, uh, an offense that uh, an OC and a head coach have in mind with where they want to kind of go. I think that last year's kind of a, a view of what they felt like they could kind of get done with the roster, with, with the players that they had in, in their, in their position rooms. And then I think that you have a guy like Rayola. Um, commit and you know really strong armed you know guy not necessarily you know going to be rated as a pocket passer but not not completely and totally you know a statue could could do some things um, you know but I, I think obviously you're you're trying to preserve what you have there at the quarterback position so that that being said I I think that I think rule has a better understanding about what you need to do in the Big Ten or what are the things that you need to do in the Big Ten to be to be a successful offense or offense or what he feels like, you know, are kind of those key ingredients to making an offense successful in the big 10 is probably a better way of putting it. Do you need to have some quarterback mobility? Well, it's, it's not necessary. It's, it's a, it's one of those things that's a really nice to have. You need to be strong up front, obviously with the offensive line, you need to be able to run the football. That that's, that's a given. There's multiple ways in how to kind of do that with lead blocking with, you know, zone schemes or, or helmet on helmet and just blowing people off the football. Ball, but that all comes back then to being strong up front. And then I think it's about then how you kind of, you know, is this a tight end heavy league? Is this a guy where, is this a league where you can get by on just kind of living within, you know, your X and your Z and your slot and not really ever really running true tights? Um, I, I think it's I think it's one of those things where they, they've kind of developed an, an idea or two after the season. I think when you get a guy like Riola to commit, he's potentially a generational type of player to come to Nebraska. I mean, I, I think the last guy that I think you can kind of pin your hopes to a player as much as a, as a player like Rayola at, at that position, I, I think I have to go back to Tommy Frazier. Um, I think Amon Green is another hmm. similar generational type of talent that you know that we could kind of put into that kind of bucket at the moment. But I think when you when you get a guy like that, you you and you really you're pinning your hopes. I think next season, which it seems like Nebraska is pushing the chips in the middle and playing a true freshman next season, um, you, you want to kind of take it easy, build that confidence. You think you have a kind of a, a schedule that will allow you to kind of let him cut his teeth as the season kind of goes on a little bit with the exception of maybe Colorado coming to Lincoln uh, in week two or week three. But I, I think that they all kind of feel like it is a, it is a schedule that, that could be valuable for him to kind of get some on-the-job kind of learning and, and you can kind of implement this offense, you know, and get some ideas of what it is that he can do and you can kind of build around that. Yeah, I just, when I look at Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA coming into the conference, I don't think they're going to run the ball 
I think they're going to do what they did in the past. They may not win when it's a negative seven, <laughs> you know, outside. But I sure. still, I still think they're going to try to throw it. And I think if you're trying to get really good wide receivers and tight ends and people that w- they want to come to the University of Nebraska, you better indicate that you're willing to throw the football. Hey, Brian, uh, I'm interested in finding out a little bit about uh, where you think the running back room is because I'm. I thought it was a little light. I mean, yeah, you got some talent coming back, but where now with this addition, and, and maybe we're not done yet, but where do you think the running back room is as we sit today? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting an interesting thing, right? Because Urban, you know, if you're including Urban and, and Johnson, which and Ramir Johnson, let's be specific, both guys are coming back off of injury. Gabe's had two season-ending season injuries now back-to-back. Uh, you, you know that physically he can do it. That he is, he has got an ability to be effective, you know, running the football for you at Nebraska and in the Big Ten. The question now is, can he stay healthy? And then Ramir, a little bit, you know, a serious leg injury, uh, and and you're and you're you you've got the the reason to believe at least that he's going through the rehab process, that he's going to continue to be part of that room, just gonna be a matter of when you kind of get him back. And then you know you start to put in Emmett Johnson, who I think was. Kind of a surprise to all of us. I mean, he was what fourth, maybe fifth down the list, you know. And then Quentin Ives. That I think that, that everybody would kind of agree. The coaching staff has had positive things to say about him, but not positive enough for him to get on the football field his true freshman season. Uh, I, I liked his film. I think it's a huge jump in competition from where he was at in high school to playing in the Big Ten. But typically, it, it always is. It's just that when you get a talented running back, that's usually one of the positions where, you know, you can kind of get around some of that if, if you have, you know, that, that competition, that speed of the game is not really quite as a big of a jump as what I think Ives had to make to come to the Big Ten. And then you get Dowdle. And Dowdle comes in, and, you know, I think that he, you know, is a person that I think you have to look towards. You know, he's got the size. He's got some big playability, you know, to him from from the limited film. I kind of kind of caught on him on Twitter here and there. Um, he has some some ways to kind of make the, some things happen. It's still a light room, just like what you're saying here. I, okay. I, I I don't think necessarily that you have enough legs in there because it seems like you're still one injury away from being down to a couple of guys that that might be a little bit more injury prone than what you want them to be. And then you're then you're back to you know this kind of a a situation where it's Emmett and and Quinton, how quickly can he kind of get to speed? Because you did not get that guy to kind of go along with Dante in the 2024 class. Brian Munson of On3, last minute here with Brian. Just your thoughts on the name Dana Holgerson coming out. Is that legit? Are you Is this like a done deal? Is he probably has no connection to Rayola and obviously anybody on the staff. I mean, uh, your thoughts on him? I think that that would be a very good hire for Nebraska. Um, I, I, I have not been convinced that, you know, from where he decided to go ahead and leave his coordinator position to become a head coach at West Virginia and then take that position at the University of Houston, I don't think he was ever able to kind of guide an entire program. But if you put him in the silo of quarterbacks coach and some sort of a coordinator position, whether it's, you know, passing game or, or you know, whatever the case may be, if, there, if there's a co-kind of situation with Satterfield that can be worked out, um, that's where I think, you know, uh, I, I do believe it has legs, number one. I, I do believe that this is not necessarily just like this hot rumor. I believe that there is something to it. Uh, I think that there's going to be some staff changes 
taking place here very quickly, in fact. And it may not just be at along the, the full-time assistance. I think it's going to happen into those more support positions and maybe even to the recruiting positions that are there uh, as well to kind of help out with, with the overall program. And I think it might be to regain some resources to potentially have to get up and make a hire like Holgerson. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Brian Munson, always full of knowledge for us when it comes to Husker football, especially on the recruiting side and what's going on behind the scenes. B. Munson, I got 15 seconds. Who you got tonight? I'm taking you, Dub. Um, I, I, I know it's a big win for the Big Ten to have two teams like this in there, you know, even though the Washington's joining. But I tell you what, Penix made me a believer. Uh, from one, from when I saw him in the first round of the playoffs, uh, I think that guy has got some got a real strong strong arm and strong arm and can see the field great as a quarterback. So I'm taking UW tonight, but it'll be t- it'll be a tough game for him. All right, my friend, enjoy it, and I hope you don't need a snow shovel anytime soon down there. <laughs> if I did, I don't have one, so I have to go try to find something. All right, bud. Thanks, Brian. Later, guys. See ya. Brian Munson joining us here on the Doug and Daddy Show, brought to you by TNL Irrigation. Simplify your life or your irrigation system with the new pro version of TNL's Precision Point Touch Control System. It can make sure that you don't have to run out this 2024 season every time to change the pivot to go north, south, east, west, whatever it's running along. You can control it from your iPad, from your smartphone, whatever the case is. They'll help you with it and give you all the details because they're like no other at TNL. Contact Tayo Sutton Irrigation in Sutton, Derek Wagner, Wagner Irrigation in Holdridge, or go to TLIRR.com. TNL, like no other. Doug Duda, Jim Wagner, just going to keep things rolling along here with our friend uh, Stu Pospisil from the Omaha World Herald as uh, the 2024 high school boys basketball rankings were updated today. Happy New Year, Stu. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for making some time for us. I know there's a lot to get to today, and I know uh, I want to start it off here, unfortunately, with kind of a melancholy note. You're going to be attending the services for Brad Feakin today. Dirk wrote a big article. You guys at the World Herald have written some articles over Brad, and, I mean, this was a great young coach in the state of Nebraska, and, yes, he was 48, but we're still going to call him young. Oh, definitely, and you know what? He's probably remembered in Gretna, more for being a great reading teacher yeah. because he touched so many kids every single year than perhaps basketball. I mean, you take a look at, uh, I'm going to mention this in my, what I write up for tomorrow, you know, his life story, obit, whatever you want to call it, biography, it doesn't mention his wins or losses. It mentioned how he would spend the summer reading kid-lit books so that every kid, he could recommend books to the following year. Yeah. And also coaching basketball at the same time. I mean, really you know, this guy has so much energy. Very impressive. That is really a good story. And I can't wait to read your article tomorrow. What was you know, it? It's why you hate to write. I mean, you're, oh, yeah. you're blessed to write it, but you just, it's always so bittersweet and melancholy and, you know, doggone. It's, you know, you feel, you feel for his mom who lost. Dale, her husband, to a car wreck uh, when he was in his prime coaching at Adam Central. He, she loses her son at about the same age. You know, his wife, three children at home, the Gretna community, the Gretna basketball community, the basketball community as a whole in the state, because I don't know who didn't like Brad Beaton. 
yeah, that seems that seems to be the way uh, everybody's remembering him, a guy that everybody loved. And I guess just on the other side of that, too, how has Gretna handled it? Everybody handles it a little bit differently. They have a very talented basketball team. You have them at number five this week. They're nine and two. Uh, how have they been handling it? How have the coaches been handling it that have uh, had to take over in his place? I think it's still kind of so new. So you, you wonder when the maybe the emotion or you know reality sets in. I know it's going to be really tough. I don't even know if I can even ask Bill Hurd the question yet. I mean, you know, he's taking over a team that his buddy coached and got him out of coaching retirement to sit on the bench with him. You know, Bill's got to be looking next to him and every, you know, he's not here. He's not here. And is that something that's going to increase as the season goes on? You know, they got a great young coaching staff. You know, but, you know, doggone, there is no normal for this. And I, I want to give you the opportunity, uh, my great friend and mentor, uh, and you had a nice tweet and back back in the day, and it was prominently displayed at the memorial service and the funeral for Walt Smith. Uh, he was. You wrote an article about all of us ding-dongs in radio in Nebraska a few years ago, and uh, he was kind of the feature, larger than life, only because he was larger than life. Yeah, Walt Smith, you know, rest in peace, my friend, you know. Another, another tough one at about the same time. And, you know, Walt loved Christmas, and he made it through Christmas, and, you know, he was a Santa Claus wherever he went. And, you know, I think Brad was the same way. He wanted to get through Christmas, have one last one with his kids, and after that, when it looked like nothing was going to work, he said, okay, let's bring in hospice. But Walt, Walt Smith, you know, <laughs> doggone, he mentored you. For better or worse, certainly much for the better. <laughs> we don't have. And yeah, I mean, I mean, Central Nebraska. Who did not know Walt Smith? Yeah, and I don't think we have as many of those as we used to out there, just because of the way the times have have advanced. Or maybe we will with all the young kids now getting the opportunity from COVID to kind of step in there and do the strive or do their high school thing. I think that is one of the few benefits of COVID was that these folks uh, were putting their high school games out uh, in video or talking, and a lot of these high school kids maybe are going to get the love of that. So, And I also mentioned, I thought in the eulogy, I also mentioned Walt decided he can't wait any longer. The Eagles need help. <laughs> His favorite NFL team being a Philadelphia yeah, native. Philadelphia born, you know. Well, Stu, nothing needs to turn them around. Oh yeah, no, they, you don't have to. I'm a Cowboy fan. Uh, anyway, uh, let's jump into basketball. You're coming off the Metro tournament. By the way, they have just announced that the Mudecus is being postponed. That's a huge tournament down there in the south eastern portion of the state. Uh, they'll try and start tomorrow, weather permitting. But uh, you mentioned it. Top nine in Class A are all Metro. You saw the Metro tournament. Uh, is it really that deep? It's pretty amazing. Well, I think it's deep. i also not sure what else is out there in the state. You know, Southeast wins the Heartland, uh, knocked off Kearney. I still, I, I think Kearney still has to generate some chemistry. Um, you know, they look to be the two two best teams in uh, you know, outside the Metro and in the Heartland. But, uh, you know, could it, could it be a almost all, all Metro affair at the state tourney? You know, that's something to watch as well. 
Yeah, very possible, and especially the Final Four. I mean, just one getting one team out of Omaha to the state tournament, it could be at least 7-1, and it might be 8-0. I agree with you, Stu. You know, and I, I and again, I don't know the, the circumstances because, you know, OPS, I wasn't sure how strong they were going to be. You now have three out of the nine teams look like they're pretty solid. The Omaha North is 19 down at home to a good Papio South team that lost by two to Gretna the day that Brad died. And they give up a 19-point lead and lose by two. So North, you know, that's probably one of the bigger wins North has had with Thomas Lichty as coach. You know, they look pretty legit. And, you know, you get to 15, 16 wins this year, you're probably looking at a, a first year, you know, having home uh, court advantage for the, the district uh, playoffs. Can't really call them tournaments anymore because we play them individually. Stu, I've been around. I've refed quite a bit of games from Class B to D two in the area. Shelton and D two boys look really good. This is a team that not only has at the top end some really great players. They've got more depth than most Class D two schools. Their third, fourth, and fifth guy can still score. They're going to be very dangerous. Uh, what do you think of Shelton? Well, I saw them at um, against Osceola at the Holiday Hoops, and, you know, that was a very good game. And, you know, Shelton certainly showed that depth and, and um, you know, staying at number one. It's going to be real interesting because we have another um, mostly tribal school staying at number two in Walt Hill. Remember the great game that uh, Shelton and Santee put on last year. Yeah, and Santee. And that, and Santee hasn't fallen off a great deal either. I've got them number ten in class D two as well this week. So, you know, it um, you know the tribal schools are putting a lot of pride into basketball, and uh, I think they're doing more work in the summer. And you know, I, I, it's certainly helping attendance and just you know, it's it's kind of like OPS. You've got to have a hook to keep these kids engaged in school. And these, I think, all four of the tribal schools are. Their you know tribal community dominated are finding that out and succeeding. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to bring up something in C1 and Class C1 in the boys, and talking boys basketball only at this moment is normally when you have this playoff, when you have the top eight seeds and they get to host and they get to play one through sixteen. 16, 15, 14, and thirteen usually have no chance to get to the state tournament. This year, C1 is absolutely loaded, um, one through about 16. It is about impossible to say there's much difference between 7 and 10. That top team in C1 is good, and you know, like a, an Ogallala, a Sydney, uh, Ashland Green, some people like that, they're good, but they're not automatic wins because these teams that are sitting there at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 can play basketball. Your thoughts on C1 being so loaded? Well, and, you know, I mean, then you always have a boys' town yep. that, you know, they're going to play a tough schedule. They're going to probably be middle of the pack. You don't want to see them in your sub-district to begin with because they can come out of that. You know, it's they probably have to win a sub because, you know, they, they just won't get the wins. But they're as dangerous as anybody. Elkhorn Saturday night kind of took them for granted the first half and only led by nine, went on and had a 34-point third quarter. But, um yeah, no, I, I agree, Jim. And I, I think C1 is almost perennially the deepest class. 
It, football, basketball, it, volleyball, girls basketball. Sure, good point. It is a fun class to watch for a number of years there. That's, you know, even just the general fan says, you know what, I'll, I'll catch Class A day two. Now it's different, obviously, with the four days. But I want to watch mm-hmm. C1 that opening day back at Pershing in the day and, and go watch uh, some of those C1 games. I am interested, uh, Stu Possible, Omaha World Herald, with us here on the Doug and Daddy Show. Hastings got off to the good start. They've taken it on the chin. We saw the Elkhorn North team without a senior on the roster. You mentioned them in the article today. The Eastern Midlands Conference also is incredibly deep. Uh, what did you think about the way that that played out you know the with uh right Crete, Crete with Ada McDowell it looks to be the, the team to beat in class B this year I mean they handled Scott in the Joan holiday they came up here and beat Bennington uh they've uh, uh you know it's amazing Crete and Norris won't play each other this year hmm. they kind of work work out a scheduling date that was agreeable but uh yeah, Norris is, is very good. Elkhorn North is coming on. Um, you know, they knocked off Scott first time in school history. Now their next uh, Goliath display is uh, old uh, buddies Elkhorn High on Friday night. That'll be uh, a game that uh, love to see, but I've got uh, another engagement that night. I'm seeing a uh, baseball banquet for uh, the late John Stella and for the living legend Bill Olson from Omaha Northwest Day, so that's a big event back here on Friday night. Yeah, that's that's going to be really awesome, and uh, I see closer to home here, the Fort Kearney Conference on the boys' side is well represented. Amherst is number one in C2. You've got Ansley Litchfield and Axtell in there in D1. South Loop is in. I'm interested to see how Ainsworth is doing with and without Carter Nelson while he's playing these two all-star games hanging in there in, in D1. Alma comes into the rankings. Amherst is going to be tested. They've got Alma and Kozad here the uh, the next yes, couple do. of weeks. Yep, I mean, Alma... Uh, undefeated, stuck them in at number 10. We'll see what they do with a rare ranking. I'm, I'm not sure the last time I had them in. Stu, I work Crete, and I agree with you on Crete. They're loaded. Uh, they have a really top-end couple really good players, but their depth's amazing. Um, I, they really score. Their coach, when I ran by him one time, and he said to me, he goes, you know, we miss more impressive dunks than anybody in the nation. <laughs> miss well, wait, wait, wait a minute. I want, I want to stop and take a time out here. Okay. You said you ran past him. I jogged. I limped and jogged by him. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> that, that's better because I would why have a uh, jugs gun on you for that, uh, or maybe a, uh, a, a, a jug. That is really good. Every time I referee, you make fun. What, just one time in one of your articles, could you say it's really nice that we have these older men still trying to do it because we have a shortage of officials? Oh, that's what makes this so fun is yeah. we know each other too well. That's yeah. the whole thing Well, that's it. why I got to hear the whole conversation. I thought I was running by him, but the more I think about it, I got. he said about 17 words, and I, I don't think I moved more than three feet. Yeah, there you go. He was just hanging out with the guys, no doubt. Stu, a couple more, and we'll let you get out of here okay. uh, because it's more than just boys basketball. Also want to point out, Sydney's boys and girls are undefeated. Sydney, with that big win we mentioned earlier up here at the showcase, and their boys are, are number eight in Class C1. Coming through that Cabela's move and the number of kids that they have and haven't, and you could easily transfer in and out to try and find a better situation. It's cool to see that Sydney is still hanging out there for our buddy Randy Brown. Got some really cool games 
to call. Uh, I don't know if we that Oglala on Friday night. Yeah, big game. Both big undefeated. Game. Yeah, yeah, big game there uh, again. Anything else that uh, came out of the last? I mean, we I think we've talked since the NSAA districting for football. Anything else NSAA newsworthy you want to share with our listeners? No, I just think right now, sadly, we, we, we're developing a second transfer portal, and it's called high school, where we're seeing a lot of kids moving at the start of the second semester, so they're eligible for the the, the start of uh, fall workouts, like uh, the Omaha North quarterback and perhaps the Omaha North wide receiver. Uh, both their Power 5 recruits are leaving north, and uh, Elkhorn North's uh, Power 5 Capable receiver Chase Lofton is out Miller South. It's a it's a disturbing trend. I'll leave it at that. Stu, I want to I want to continue that if I can. Do you care if I talk about it for about another Go right thirty ahead. seconds? Okay. Go right ahead. They used to have that rule where you had to opt out by March fifteenth. Then they made the rule that you could opt out by May fifteenth. Okay. And now what's going on? People to beat this system. Their their people are are. Uh, are doing things, uh, moving their homes. <laughs> you're, you're, they're uh, doing all types of things with their marriages uh, to, to, to oh, make yeah. kids eligible. I mean, uh, what uh, what can you the know, NS- you know, so, so It used to be that you used to just use your hunting cabin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. But, 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 Stu, what do you have a recommendation to fix this? Because a lot of people say, hey, this isn't right. we got to get it fixed. But nobody has a recommendation to how to fix it. There's two things you can do. Okay, One, go ahead. You make a 180-day sit-out unless you physically move. And this is, I mean, this is your, this is who your taxes are with. Okay, 180 days. And what South Carolina has just done, this won't necessarily work to alleviate Class A, but in being below, consider this. South Carolina... If you attend a school that is in a area you don't live in, so it's outside your home district, you count three students. Public, private, whatever type of school, you count three instead of one. Yeah, so they'll move up a class uh-huh. to C1 or B or et cetera. Yeah. That sounds good. Right. But you are right, Stu. There's such a, a extreme difference in the top teams in Omaha in football and the bottom teams and it's almost dangerous because in other sports if it's golf you can get beat 100 strokes but physically you're not getting beat up right but in football these games are 56 to nothing 10 minutes into it it's absolutely just eight or nine plays and every plays a touchdown and physically these teams are just so much difference the best class a schools are great and the bottom class a would have trouble beating c2 teams in nebraska your thoughts on that statement I would, I would say even the good eight-mans. Yes. Yeah. But how, how the, the issue is, unless you fix it internally, it's not anything the NSAA can do outside of the transfer rules. It's not, it's not like trying to create a double-A-A situation or that, because those schools, those, let's say, six, seven OPS schools, and I'd throw Bellevue East in there and, and you know, some of your um, – you know, your Fremont's, Norfolk's, a uh, couple of the Lincolns. If, especially with Omaha and Lincoln, if you divide up, you're never going to get those schools healthy again. And we'll Because wrap- they're, they're, they'll be recruited against. Okay, you're, you're, you're dropping down to play C1, C2 football. You're not going to, you're not going to get the players to heal yourself. 
they're all going to flock away. We saw it with Benson a decade ago when the NSAA, when they were fixated on the 32, you know, the, the, the 28 cutoff, moved Benson down. Benson was just recovering, and then OPS let uh, the Benson coach go to Central and 17 kids follow for whatever reasons and whatever methods. All right, let's wrap it up with this because there have been very few, ex- you know, the Elkhorn schools are doing fine on their own here, but Carney High plays at Omaha Westview. Nobody around here knows much about Omaha Westview, and, of course, they had the Wooden Legacy Award uh, for Paul Baronic on Friday, and I got to talk to uh, Carney assistant coach Connor, and he says, hey, Westview is not a walkover. This is not one of these new schools. What can you tell the Bearcat fans about Westview? Uh, they're young. They're quick. Uh, Mitch Runkle is a very solid coach. Uh, you know, they paired okay last year. They're a year older. I would say that Taven Zephyr Murphy is their best player. And he can, he, ha- if, if, and I'm, I can, pre- if you search for him on YouTube, his dunk <laughs> against Brian is probably up there. <laughs> it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is not a pushover going into uh, to Westview. Yeah, I saw the dunk. Uh, it's two hands behind the head, thunder. It's uh, it's definitely something that's pretty impressive for high school. All right, Stu, I know it's a long, busy day for you, and I thank you for uh, fitness in on the Doug and Daddy show. It's always great chatting oh, no with you. no problem, guys. Happy New Year, Have my friend. Have a good week, and we're, yeah, Happy New Year, and uh, I need the snow shovel coming up. All right, buddy. <laughs> it's going pretty good here. Okay, here too. Thanks, Stu. Doug and Daddy Show, Stu Pospisil with us here as we take a look at lunchtime in the Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill, the best of both worlds in downtown Carney. Colin and the gang are ready to serve you as you're out there scooping the snow and working through all of this, or maybe you got a day off. And again, we recommend you be very safe traveling, but some of us have to be out and working, and some of us have to go get some food to eat. The Midwest Poutine with cheesy French fries, diced chopped beef steak, smothered with homemade beef gravy is the new special special to fill you up and stick to that rib cage and keep you warm at the Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill. But Every Monday as well, the steak sandwich, Monday night, boneless wing night, as you can go in and watch your favorite NBA and NHL and college basketball games as well. Burgers, pizza, something the entire family will enjoy at the Carney Chicken Coop. My reality is I don't get out like I used to. Thankfully, Medicap makes it easy for me to order prescription refills without leaving home. I can use my computer and log on to Medicap.com, or I can just call the store and use their automated refill service. Either way, it's quick and easy. Now that's a healthy dose of reality. Medicap Pharmacy will always make time for you. Medicap Pharmacy located at 27th and 2nd Avenue in Kearney. Imagine a job where your inner child could be released. Franklin County Roads is here to make your inner child's dreams come true. Make a good living maintaining the roads of Franklin County. Come on, what little kid didn't want to drive a real Tonka machine and play in the dirt all day? To find out how you can help get started living your inner childhood dreams, stop by the Roads Department at 1215 G Road, Franklin, Nebraska, or call 308-425-3710 from 9 to 4, Monday through Thursday. Don't have a CDL? That's okay. Franklin County will pay for your schooling. Franklin County Roads Department is an 
equal opportunity employer. South Central Diesel of Holdridge has over 100 years of diesel fuel injection experience and has been putting customer relationships first since 1971. They are factory authorized to repair all types of diesel fuel injection systems and have a full service drive-in repair facility to repair your diesel Ford, Chevy, or Dodge pickup. SCD's factory trained technicians are committed to providing the best service to their customers. Stop by 115 South East Avenue in Holdridge for all your diesel pickup repairs, pumps and injectors, diesel performance parts, and turbochargers. Or call them at 1-800-228-8482 to put them to work for you. When the passing of a family member occurs, too often loved ones have too little information on planning the funeral. Horner, Liskey, McBride, and Kuehl developed their website to provide both information and comfort, etiquette, and common sense. Visit hlmkfuneral.com. The more you know, the better they can provide additional comfort and guidance during life's most trying time. Horner, Liskey, McBride, and Kuehl Funeral and Cremation, providing steady, comforting service as they have for nearly 100 years. The 41st Annual Home and Builders Show, presented by the Kearney Area Builders Association, is coming up January 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Buffalo County Expo Center. This is the 41st year of people finding hundreds of ideas for better living. On the weekend, there will be six wildlife encounter shows. That's the Home and Builders Show, Friday, January 12th from 1 to 7, Saturday, January 13th from 10 to 7, and Sunday, January 14th from 11 to 5 at the Buffalo County Expo Center. Admission is just 5 bucks. Kids 12 and under get in free. Proceeds fund scholarships for graduating seniors looking to have a career in the building industry. Escape Ordinary by heading to Cunningham's downtown or Cunningham's on the lake in Kearney. You'll enjoy the coldest draft beer in town, happy hour specials, and great food. An outstanding place to relax with friends after work, on the weekends, or any time to escape everything. Plus, you can dance and listen to their live bands every weekend at the downtown location. It's a great time every time when you escape ordinary at Cunningham's Journal, on the bricks, and Cunningham's on the lake, Kearney. Doug and Daddy show here on ESPN Tri-City. Let's take a look at the Doug and Daddy poll question. Ron Rivera was dismissed today as the head football coach of the Washington Commanders. Do you think that that was a good decision? Here's one of those where I think everybody, I don't know about the players, but everybody seems to like Ron Rivera. He went through his cancer battle. You pull for a guy like that, a stand-up guy. It's just not working at Washington. This is one of those situations where I don't think you're – necessarily firing Ron Rivera because they're terrible. They need a change. They just need a different face, a a different outlook. They don't have a ton of talent there at Washington. Uh, They played okay. I mean, Sam Howell was great the first half of the year, and then they just progressively lost guys, got worse. He got worse because of that. So is it a good choice? You knew it was coming. I guess that's the whole thing, Jimmy. And so it's just one of those where it was probably time for a change, and that's kind of what they're talking about with the Patriots. Yeah, and, you know, here's something. It seems to me if you got a good quarterback and you got a good head coach, then it's stable. Your program seemed to win quite a bit more. A good quarterback and a good head coach, those programs seem to win the most. If I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Their head coach, you know, they, they kind of they did it again. Yep, they're here. They are. They're in, in there again. You know, um, the Dallas Cowboys, their quarterback, their head coach. They've been around a while. I mean, they're just there's a stability there that you have. Um, I know that they they find. I, mean, I don't know all the firing, Doug, because I was so kind of busy this morning. But the Atlanta Falcons, did they find firing that yep. coach? The, the Chargers have already fired their coach. Yep. The there's command, five openings. The Commanders. Okay, what are the other two? Right, Chargers. Off? Okay, I got the Chargers, Falcons, and Commanders. Which what are the other two? 
that went down yesterday. No, they didn't go down. They already have interim coaches. Raiders. Okay, the Raiders. And, and that's why we ask you, do you think Antonio Pierce would be a good fit as a head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders? 70% of you said yes. You can vote anytime on the okay. Doug and Daddy poll question at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities at ESPN yeah, underscore Tri-Cities. I thought he did a good job and the players wanted to play for him. You just can't make changes and changes and changes. Every yeah. time there's an over, there really is an overreaction every time you lose. I mean, if you lose one game, it's either the overreactions to the head coach or the referees. <laughs> you know, so if somebody cost you the game, you just didn't lose it on your own. You just didn't quite lose. It's a big overreaction to it. So, yeah, interim coaches out there and, and seeing what they're doing and where they're at and who do you keep and who do you get rid of. So we'll see how it all plays out here as, uh, you know, could Carolina make the move? You know, you got everything that's going on at some of these other places. So we'll find out uh, again. Raiders, Panthers, Commanders, Chargers, and Falcons. Uh, so those were uh, all Frank the. Frank Reich was with them. Well, yeah, yeah but yeah, they got rid of him yeah, a long time exactly. ago. Exactly. About seven weeks ago, it seemed like, yeah. It's not just National Championship Football Day, Jimmy. But the Huskers are, do that with the paper and all its bowling. Yep, now I know it's bowling. A pair of third place finishes across the fall campaign and the number seven. Can't can't settle for seven. Nebraska bowling team kicks off the schedule today at the Storm and Blue and White Vegas Classic in Las Vegas. Nineteen teams joining the Huskers, including number one Jacksonville State and number two Vanderbilt. Yeah, I was going to say what's good is my uh, when you give me this, they're in seventh, and I was going to say then you're going to go okay. Now name the nicknames of these six <laughs> schools in front of them, and at least I can get the Commodores for sure. Yeah, that, that's the only one I'm going to be able to get. Nebraska volleyball incoming freshman libero Livia Mock has been named the Nebraska Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, coming out of Bennington, the starting libero for the U.S. Girls Under 19 team that won the gold at the World Championships at Croatia in August, and had a five set victory over Turkey. She followed Husker newcomer Skylar Pierce as the MVP at the Under Armour Next All-American match just last week. So Olivia Mock receives that award. Creighton women drop a spot to number 22 in the new AP women's poll. The men not quite out yet. It doesn't look like South Carolina, UCLA, Iowa, Baylor, and Colorado the top five after their win over Nebraska. Indiana remains at number 14 in the latest poll. Nebraska women giving up 91 points yesterday. Alexis Markowski scored 21. They're back in action against Illinois Thursday. The men will host number one Purdue tomorrow night. That's a Peacock Network, so make sure if you want to watch it, you've got Peacock Network tomorrow night at 6.30. We'll also have it for you on KHAS. Nebraska didn't play bad at Wisconsin. Wisconsin just shot the ball a little bit better. A season-high 13 three-pointers shot nearly 60% in the first half. Nebraska shot nearly 50% for the entire game, but uh, they have their five-game winning streak snapped. You should not have left UNK at halftime Saturday. The uh, UNK women were down by 17. And they came back and won the game in overtime, 79-74 against 11th-ranked Central Missouri to improve to 12-2. Meg Burns in early foul trouble, had a game-high 19 points. Jillian Ashoff, always have loved watching her play, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. But then on the flip side, the Loper men were up 15, and they fell 76-73. Sean Evans had 19, DeAndre Samuel 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. A nice win for the Hastings College women. They had 14. 
19 three-pointers, the most in a game since 2006, beating Morningside with a balanced attack, 76-51. Hastings men lost to 17th-ranked Morningside, 81-76. They gave them a hell of a battle. That's their first conference loss. Reggie Thomas, 22 points, and then even a career-high 10 assists. So they will play at Mount Marty on Wednesday and Briarcliff on Saturday. UNK is on the road as well this weekend. Their games are at Pitt State Thursday and Missouri Southern on Saturday. They had a Big Ten team win on the road this week. I think they were all home teams, you know, and that's something, again, this, the, the, the home floor in that Big Ten, it absolutely amazes me in the men's, how they just take care of business. Minnesota wins again at home, and uh, they're playing really well. Loper Wrestling, they went 4-1 of the D2 National Duels. They lost in the quarters, so came back through in the consolation round. Finished fifth overall. They've got a duel with Newman this weekend. Nash Huttmacher, that was a huge deal. The Nebraska lineman, who had a good football season, cut 45 pounds in the last month to make heavyweight and then picked up a first-period pin in his match against Wyoming. They did not wrestle him against Northern Iowa, but the Huskers won them both, and now Nebraska gets Iowa coming up, the third-ranked team in the country. That's at 6.30 on the Big Ten Network on Friday night, and then the Nebraska-Iowa men play at 8.30 on the network. 45 pounds. That's pretty good. Like nothing. Yeah. Hastings Open was this weekend. Justin Rodriguez led the men on Saturday, third place. The women very successful. Larissa Kaz coming off a uh, conference Wrestler of the Week honor. She won the title at 130. There was actually two Hastings young ladies in Reagan Galloway out of Amherst and Tabitha Wood that made it to the finals at 143. Coach decided let's not wrestle against each other. We can do that at a different time. Olivia DiGiorgio and Marissa Patterson each had second place in their matches. Husker Sit and Sleep is on 1907 Central Avenue, open 10 to 6, Monday through Saturday, Sunday 1 to 4. You can check out their website, Huskers Sit nsleep.com Huskers sit the letter n sleep.com and see what they have on hand because it's the best prices in town their low overhead means lower prices with brand new furniture and mattresses all with the manufacturer warranty and giving away the grand prize in our Doug and Daddy Bull Bonanza the beautiful recliner no pressure sales same low prices every day see it buy it take it right off the floor and of course they deliver at Husker sit and sleep I agree with the coach, but it's kind of unique that we do that. You know, you have two people from the same school, and then, you, hey, we're just not going to wrestle. You know, I mean, what other sport do you get to do that in? I mean, the shot put. Oh, we're first, second, and third off. We're just – forget about the final. Just write <laughs> us down one, two, three. We don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you're not going to throw that last throw maybe if you already got it locked up against your teammates. But, yeah, it's kind of – it's kind of – it's just a little unique, isn't it? A couple different things, and we've got a couple more to get to before we wrap it up after this. I really love taking care of people, and I love to help people see better. That's Dr. Diana Lind of Lind Eye Care. The thing that makes us the happiest is when patients come back, like from a surgery, and they think they're just seeing great. You know, they come back a week later, and they say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize it, but I haven't seen this well for years. The world is so bright and clear. It's very rewarding. Find us at 42nd and 7th Avenue in Kearney to see our large selection of designer frames. Lind Eye Care, focused on you. We really try to get to know our patients and to treat them like we would want to be treated. Did you know that in downtown Kearney, you can get a banner to show your support for your local sports team, a graduate, or really anything you want to tell everyone you're proud of? Copycat Printing has paper banners, vinyl banners, yard signs, even collage boards made out of paper or foam board. Come on into Copycat today. They're your printing headquarters. Their professional, friendly design staff will help you with everything from start to the finish of any printing job. 
Think, shop, and buy local with copycat printing of Carney. Online at CarneyCopycat.com. At Johnson Landscape, we don't just see landscapes. We see dreamscapes. Sprinklers with precision. Plants with purpose. Outdoor living for new beginnings. For over 25 years, this has been our passion. With unmatched quality, precision, and expertise. At Johnson Landscape, every project is like our own. And every customer like family. Build your dreamscape today with Johnson Landscape. Five Points Bank has been your hometown bank for over 40 years. From personal banking to mortgage, business, and more, Five Points continuously finds ways to make your banking experience easy and enjoyable. Offering the best of both worlds with kind and welcoming employees in the bank while creating a strong online presence to accommodate your busy lifestyle. Five Points Bank innovative technology adds layers of security while being easily accessible to all age groups. Better choices, better service. Five Points Bank of Grand Island, Kearney, and Hastings. Doug and Danny Show, Doug to Jim Langan, our producer Danny, taking care of everything on this snowy January Monday with all the schools let out and obviously probably going to affect some things tomorrow, especially uh, sporting-wise. Uh, we're scheduled to bring him in in Ravenna on the Vibe and some other games, but those seem to be very much up in the air, and we will keep you abreast of how things are progressing. And this is a great day to tell you, as always, about Midway and making sure that you were up and ready to go. Midway Chevrolet Buick GMC, Midway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, South 2nd Avenue in Kearney, and uh, take care of you at the Midway Auto Detailing Center and uh, Collision Center right there on Central Avenue in case something happens to you in this bad weather. But all of a sudden you realize, my tires aren't what I need. Things are rattling. My windshield wipers are bad. Man, I need an oil change. You can schedule it at thinkmidway.com. You can give them a call, and they'll set you up. They've also got great vehicles, trucks, and SUVs that will get you through tough winter conditions like this. And maybe you want a Midway certified vehicle for something on the farm, something you don't care that might get a little dent in it or something. They'll take care of that for you as well because those Midway certifieds are beautiful vehicles and have great guarantees that come with them as well. See the gang as we move into 2024 at Midway. Yeah, I'm happy with the vehicle I have, and I'm getting my old change tomorrow. Hopefully, they're open at 1030 in the morning. Uh, uh, Hopefully, I can just get my car there. uh, Let's see a couple other things we want to get to. Isaiah Stallbird, Caleb Frankel from Grand Island, and the boys at South Dakota State win the football championship subdivision title, the old 1A. Now it's the FCS, beating Montana 23-3. I thought they really dominated the game, Jimmy. In fact, some turnovers in the first half uh, really prevented them from getting up more. It was only 7-3 at halftime which made it a little nervous time. But uh, great job uh, by South Dakota State after the coaching change last year with their new head coach uh, to bring things home after John Stiglmeyer retired and now Jimmy Rogers leads them to the championship. Yeah, good job. And we, like you said, it's nice to have some identity and some people that we know playing. Carter Nelson had a nice game, a couple of nice plays. If you check out the video or maybe you watch the All-American Bowl down in San Antonio, Grant Briggs, Gibson Pyle, future Huskers also played in that. Uh, He will be among those also going to the Polynesian Bowl uh, coming up on January the 19th on the NFL Network. Nice ceremony for Jordan Hooper before the game yesterday uh, for the Nebraska women having her jersey retired. And then, man, what a day it was for the uh, folks over at uh, the Nebraska girls basketball 
Hall Showcase, Jimmy, had some really good games. Didn't go the way of SEM early on, but after that, uh, it was some really, really competitive games. As we said, you had a battle of unbeatens in there uh, that went the way of Sydney beating Lincoln Christian by three. Seward and Bow went to overtime. St. Mary's beat McCool Junction by two. Southern Valley and Bows looks great again. Uh, Addie Hunt and the gang over there getting the job done for Southern Valley. Pender, a six-point win over UTAN. Carney York High. gave Marion all they wanted. Yep. And then what a swing back and forth. I mean, Beatrice had a 17-0 run in that game, and it ended up 61-58. Beatrice yeah. beat Carney. Yeah, Carney High really competed at a really good level. Losing uh, Hatcher, probably their top offensive player, for a little while to injury as well and playing that well. Yeah, the whole showcase was good. Uh, the, the city of Kearney, um, you know, Broken Bow, uh, the sponsor basically, you know, they put on the thing. I just thought it was really ran well. Uh, I, I was uh, fortunate I got to referee one of the games in there, but it was really a good atmosphere and well run. Uh, the, the, the scores table, shot clock operator, I mean, all the people, City of Connie, Chamber of Commerce, so many people were involved in making this a really important day, and it was well ran. Well, again, to the Carney coaches and players that are going through everything that they're going through with the girls' basketball team, they're competitive every night. Great job. The injury, school board meeting because school was called off today at the moment, was moved to Tuesday. Who knows what will happen if we don't have school tomorrow. I got to be at the Amherst Wrestling Invite. Uh, Amherst won the invite. And then they brought in about 400 little kids for wrestling yesterday. Is that right? Yeah. Unbelievable. So that, how, how was that hospitality room at Amherst again? I, I remember that. I could go there, and, it, and I, I, I didn't have to eat for about three days yeah, after that. Some pretty good pork sandwiches, <laughs> my man. Pretty good. And then your parents usually get some homemade sides in there. Cheesy potatoes, that's all I need. I, I always get ran over there to get a sweet roll to start the day. Hey, uh, NFL playoffs. San Francisco, Baltimore have the bye on uh, Saturday. The first game, Cleveland at Houston. And then Saturday night, Miami at Kansas City. They're talking wind chill of nine below at Kansas City coming up on uh, Saturday night. And also on Sunday, the triple header. It'll be uh, Buffalo taking on Pittsburgh at noon. Green Bay at Dallas at 3.30. The Rams in Detroit at 7. And the Monday night game, Philadelphia, will be at Tampa Bay. Thanks so much to Brian Munson of On3, Stu Pospisil of the Omaha World Herald. We'll be back with more tomorrow here on the Doug and Daddy Show.